Hallelujah. If you're able, why don't you get on your feet with me? Hallelujah. 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 Come on, if you're able, why don't you stand with me? Hallelujah. 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 We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Come breathe on us. Yeah, wind of heaven blow across the Great Lakes. Wind of heaven blow across this region, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, breathe. Breathe on us, Lord. Breathe on us a fresh, fresh wind, fresh fire. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I wish someone would help me magnify the Lord today. I wish somebody would help me exalt His name in this place. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Oh, you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. I said it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Tell somebody next to you, God is good every day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. 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 We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. <laughs> we bless you, Lord. <laughs> Miracles happen in atmospheres like this. Miracles happen. When you come expecting, when you come hungry, when you come worshiping, the Lord shows up and, and He loves, He loves, He loves to meet people and heal and deliver and set free. In just a few moments, we're going to uh, pray for folks. And I, I don't know what you came in with today, but the Lord wants to meet you in a special way. He wants to heal and deliver and set free, bring you joy, bring you peace. I can, I can stand up here all day and tell you what the Bible says. And it's, it's good news, but until it becomes good news for you, it makes a hill of being a difference. But when it becomes good news for you, then it's good news. When you begin to understand that, that this revelation of who Jesus is, when you begin to understand that the words in this book are life and they are spirit, when you begin to understand that what's in these pages and who He is in this book is for you to change you, to heal you, to make every promise, every promise available to you, then it's good news. Then it's good news. Yeah, yeah. Then it's really good news. <laughs> In Psalms 34, speaking about goodness, Heather was talking about attributes of God, so I'm just going to pick up where she left off, and I want to talk about the goodness of the Lord this morning. I, you know, you can't help but talk about the goodness of God. And Psalms 34, verse 8 is where we're going to head. But on your way there, 1 Chronicles 16, 34 says, Give thanks 
to the Lord, for he is good. What, let me try that again. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. We're going to do that today. As I, as I open up the word, I just want you to give thanks today. As we dig into the word, just thank him for his goodness today. Thank him that his mercies are new every day, that his goodness is abounding to you. Right now, right by where you're sitting, you might be sitting by your spouse or a friend or somebody you don't even know, but, but I, I, right now, sitting right beside you is goodness and mercy. They followed you in this morning. The goodness of the Lord has followed you in today. He's a good God. He's a good God. David said to sing thanks, to give thanks, to sing out thanks for the goodness of the Lord. It endures forever. He had this, when they brought back the Ark of the Covenant and they put it in David's tabernacle, they sang a song, and part of that song was give thanks to the Lord for His goodness that endures forever. So today we're going to give thanks to the Lord. Psalms 34 verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is... Good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. If you if you skip up, you know, if you read through actually uh, this this passage, verse 19, it says many of the many are the afflictions of the righteous. The righteous. How many of you know the righteous will have afflictions, but the Lord delivers them. Out of them all. The goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord. Taste and see today. You know, uh, I don't know about you, but I like food. <laughs> I, like, I like to try different kinds of food. I, I, like, I like to try cultural food. And I, I've been to Asia uh, probably 13 or 14 different times. And I remember there, there was this one time we were there. And uh, this, the gentleman that was hosting us, we were in a building that he, that he owned, and he was hosting us, and he wanted to share with us out of his new restaurant, his new Chinese, not American Chinese, but real Chinese uh, food. And, and so we had sat around this table, the team that was, there was about 13 or so of us around this massive just beautiful Chinese uh, handcrafted table, and there was a, the, what we call a lazy Susan in the middle. You know, you spin the, the big wheel in the middle of the table and all the food. Just, and so they started bringing out all of these different food items, Chinese style, just massive family style bowls of all this food. And, and there was all sorts of things in there. And the, we had beef tongue, and uh, there was you know, beef stomach, and there, you know, there was all sorts of, and there was chicken feet. I love chicken feet. You know, it tastes like chicken. It's just chicken on a, it's, you know, it's just chicken on the feet. You know, there's all sorts of stuff they brought out. And then they started bringing out tofu. I've, and I never tried tofu. I, I gotta tell you, I, the look of tofu just makes me look like somebody chewed it up and spit it out and put it on a plate and said, eat this. This is supposed to be good for you. And I, so I've never tried tofu, but they, they brought out this egg tofu. It was a runny egg tofu. And it was, well, you can imagine, it was a runny egg over tofu. <laughs> But it was pretty good, you know, and so, so they're bringing out all these things. And the point was, you got to taste and see what's good. You know, you got to taste and see. And then you taste a little bit of it, and you're like, oh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. I'll come back to that story in a moment, but because uh, there's, there's more to that story. But pause that story. There's another story. The, one of the more recent times that I went, we went to a Cantonese-style restaurant, which is much what you know Chinese what we know Chinese food it was Cantonese style and so we were sitting there and it was taste and see they brought out and they our hosts were you know so gracious to let us try all these different things they, they thought it was fun watching the Americans try all of the you know local foods and not tell us what they all were and it's rude to ask so you just kind of sit there and eat what's in front of you and and, and they brought out this soup, and we started, 
eating this soup, and I thought, man, this is actually really good. It was kind of buttery and creamy, and we were eating it, and I'm just going to town on this soup, and I'm thinking, wow, this is pretty good soup. I didn't know what it was. It didn't matter. It was good. I tasted, and I saw it was good. I was, it was good. So I did what you're not supposed to do. I asked her, I'm like, this is really good. Uh, you know, so what is this after all? Never ask that question. And they said, well, they make it by fermenting fish. And I was like, oh, fermented fish. Okay, that sounds okay. I can, I can drive. Not my favorite, but I can figure this out. I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, they put the fish out in the sun and let it spoil. And the juice that rises up, they kind of scrape that off. And it goes into the soup. And that's, it's mixed together with, and that's what you're eating. Taste and see. Like, well, this is really good, regardless of how it's made. It's good. But anyway, back to the other story. Taste and see. So we're tasting all these things and trying all these things. And uh, then they, you, you're sitting at the table, and my back was to the entrance. And I smelled this smell that was the awfulest smell I had ever smelled in my life. Now, if you've had kids and you've experienced dirty diapers, okay, you've probably smelled some raunchy smells before. But this surpassed any smell that I've ever smelled before. It was absolutely disgusting. And I thought, somebody broke the sewer line in this building. And, it's, and then I realized we're in China. They don't have sewer lines in this building. So they didn't break the sewer line. The sewer hole has crept into the building. Something's happening. And then they sat this bowl right in front of me. And I, that's what smells so bad. And it looked like a pile of brains in a bowl. And they wanted me to eat this. So in pastorly like fashion I moved the lazy Susan all around the table and said help yourselves y'all first I'll eat last go ahead <laughs> it was stinky tofu and that was an understatement stinky tofu but everything else was fairly good taste and see that the Lord is good I I've got good news for you today you will not be disappointed when you taste and you see that the Lord is good the point of tasting you know this this idea of tasting is that you you just try a little bit you see if you like it you see if you if, if it's okay and then once you taste it you realize that you want more that one bite won't satisfy one taste one crumb although everything that you need is in that one bite that leaves you longing for more there's more of him that you have to have it, there's a there's a desire that's stirred on the inside of you it leaves you longing for more than just that one bite tasting and seeing that the lord is good this this word the lord is good is it's more uh, I, I, well, I think of it in this terms. The Lord is good. It's a characteristic. It's, we were talking, Heather used the word, the attributes of God. It's a characteristic of God that He's good. We can talk about the, the attributes of God and that He is a good God. That there's nothing bad in Him. Everything that He does, everything that He is, who He is, is good. It's like describing milk as white. You have, you've described the attribute of milk. It's white. If it's red, it's not milk. It's white. Milk is white. God is good. He cannot be conflicted with good and bad or mediocre. God is a good God, and He loves you, and He wants you to experience His abounding goodness. The Bible says in Psalms 52, verse 1, that the, the goodness of God endures forever. So He's overflowing. He's a, abounding in goodness. His character, His quality of who He is is goodness. You look at, at your life, and, and, and you describe yourself this morning by maybe the color of your skin, or you, you might describe describe yourself this morning by values that you have or you describe yourself this morning maybe by the color of your eye or the color of your hair but God's description is that he's good 
God is a good God, and He wants you to taste of His goodness. I wish I was preaching to somebody this morning. I don't, maybe you checked out on the Chinese food and you got hungry, but I, I want you to taste of the goodness of the Lord today. He's a good God. He's good in creation. He created all the worlds. He formed and fashioned the stars of the sky. You know, at men's retreat, we were out under the stars, watching the stars and, you know, enjoying the fire and watching the stars. Our God is a good God. He's, he's created the heavens. He's created the universe, the planets, the solar systems. And when he created them, he stepped back and he said, they're good. Our God is a good God. He's, he's created this wonderful universe for you to enjoy. You know, the, the goodness of the Lord, creation. The Bible says in Psalms 35.5 that the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Everywhere you go, you can see His goodness. Everywhere you go, you can hear the birds singing about the goodness. You can see the trees waving their hands and their arms, declaring the goodness of the Lord. Everywhere you go, you can hear the rivers roaring about the goodness of God. You can see the grass being cared for by the goodness of God. You can, you can see the animal. You know, we were watching the, the deer, the, the family of deer th along the lake line. You, you can walk walk down the road and see the animals, see creation declaring out the goodness of the Lord. Oh, he's he's good today. And and he didn't have to give you the the all of creation. You know, he didn't have to put the the stars in the sky to declare his goodness. He didn't have to put the birds in the air declaring his goodness, but he did because he's good. He did because he's good and creation is declaring his goodness. He's a good God. Taste and see that he's good. It's the the nature of who he is is good. The 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 very uh, essence of who God is, is goodness. You know, we look around us and, and the world is so filled with hate and violence and, and all of the, uh, you know, work of the devil, the lies of the devil. But when we see those things, when we see the afflictions of the righteous, it should drive us in to rejoice and enjoy all the more the goodness of God. When it's raining outside and the thunder's rolling and the lightning's flashing and you see the hurricane or the tornado coming, you don't stand out in the middle of the storm and say, oh, I, I hope it catches me. I hope the tornado or the hurricane catches me. No, when you, when you see it coming, you run in for cover. You run into a place of refuge. And so today, the Lord's goodness is your refuge. You run in to His goodness. You run into the refuge of the Lord and to the goodness of the Lord. So when you see the afflictions all around you, when you see the health issues closing in on you, when you see the turmoil in your family, run to the refuge of his goodness taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the man who trusts in him it's his very essence it's the attribute of who he is he's calling you in to taste he's calling you to the table he's calling you to the table today there is a table spread before you. There is a table of, of delicacies, heavenly dainties and delicacies. There is a table spread before you today of the, of the meatiest portions, of the juiciest portions, of the goodness of God. And you can pull up to the table today and feast on Him. He's called you to come in with boldness. He's, he's invited you in to the supper tonight and saying, will you feast? Will you dine? Just taste. Just have a taste. You know, you may not have the palate to enjoy the delicacies of the Lord. You know, there's, there's certain foods and things that, that are rich and flavorful and, and, and you, don't, you haven't trained your palate to enjoy them. We were, we were somewhere in 
you know, the idea of caviar just kind of turned me off. I thought, you know, fish eggs. Do I really, do I want to eat fish eggs? And I forget wherever we were at a, a restaurant in, in Louisiana and homeless house. It's a massive plantation and just beautiful. And they bring out this dish with with uh, Cajun caviar on it. And it was caviar from the Atchafalaya Basin and, and this particular fish in the Atchafalaya Basin. And I, I have to tell you, I, I don't know if my palate is going to enjoy the... the <laughs> <laughs> the caviar. But when we ate it, I was like, ooh, this is really good. This is, this is quite delightful. This is actually pretty good. I actually ordered some and had some shipped to our house. Thought, this is really good. The cavi- you know, you might, ha- you might not have a palate today for, the, for Cajun caviar. <laughs> you might not have a palate today for the delicacies of heaven. But that's why he says, if you'll just taste and see, you don't have to sit down and even eat the whole steak. You don't have to sit down and eat the whole meal. But if, I, if you could just come to the table and have a taste, if you can just take a bite of the bread of life, it will, it will be more than anything you could ever imagine. It, could, it, it will taste more delightful than anything that you've ever had before. So our God is good. His, his attributes are goodness. Everything that He is, everything that he, is, he does flows from goodness. There's nothing that God can do or will do that doesn't emanate out of goodness. You know, people, well, you know, people say, well, God made me sick or God, God did this or God, God didn't do anything. God is good. He's a good God. Afflictions happen, but he's a good God. Problems happen, but he's a good God. Life happens and he's still a good God. Just because you face hardship doesn't change who he is. Because you have a difficult day or a bad season or feel like you're facing Goliath. He doesn't change. He's still good. And the goodness of God when you face Goliath says, David, here's five small stones. Pick them up. You only need one. But take them in your your slingshot. I've got a victory waiting for you. Good God. The goodness of God when you face Nebuchadnezzar and the fire is heated seven times. The goodness of God draws him into the middle of the flames and says, I'll spare you and I'll take you on through this. The goodness of God says that when you're blind Bartimaeus sitting along the roadside and you don't understand why life is so hard. The goodness of God says, I'll respond when you're crying out, when you don't understand, when life has got you broke, when life has got you in the mess, just cry out, cry out along the roadside and the goodness of God responds. The goodness of God is when Jairus' daughter was laying in the bed dying and everybody said, leave the master alone. It's all done. It's done. It's over with. There's no hope. The goodness of God says when there's no hope and everything seems dead, goodness steps into that room and says to Letha Kumai, girl, get up and arise. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. It's who He is. It's who He is. And circumstance doesn't change who he is. It's interesting. Heather read the scripture earlier in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. Darkness covered. The Bible says that darkness covered the face of the deep. But God was still radiant light. There was nothing, but God still was. There was absolutely nothing in creation, but he still was absolutely fully sufficient, absolutely all-powerful, absolutely all-knowing, absolutely everything he is today, he was then. When there was nothing, he was. When there was nothing, he was still... I don't know if you understand this. When you feel like you've got nothing, He still is. When you feel like life is still nothing, He still is. When you feel like life is in in trouble and shambles, He still is. He's not changed. He's not affected by what you're going through. 
He's still in control. He's still sovereign. He's still ruling and reigning. The Bible says he's the outshining of the Father. I love it's one of my favorite verses. I, 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 I use that all the time, meaning I don't, you know, I use it as part of who I am. I love that verse. I love he's the outshining. He's the radiance. When you when you look at the sun, when you see the sun, this, you know, this weekend we had the men's retreat and and it, it was a little, you know, we had fall weather move in this weekend. I don't know what that was all about. But we had some fall weather move in. It was in the it got down to 49 one night, you know, out there and and the it was chilly. But in the in the daytime we were sitting under the uh, whatever that thing is called, the the patio and there was an overhang and 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 then right off to the side of the house the sun was shining down. So when we said we were going to do prayer time, guess where everybody went? Out into the sun because under the porch it was cold. So we we went out into the sun and we're standing there and the sun just shining down. And I was reminded, you know, the, the radiance of the Father, the Son of Righteousness, is risen with healing in His beams. He's shining down on me. You know, sometimes it's just nice to step out into the, especially in Northeast Ohio, step out into the sun when it's shining and just remind yourself the Son of Righteousness is shining down on me. And out of, out, emanating out of those beams, there's all sorts of qualities of the Father that are coming. You know, when you stand out in the sun, there's qualities. There's, there's light that's coming down on you. When you're standing out in the sun, there's light shining down on you. There's quality of light. There's the quality of, of vitamin D that's happening. There's the quality of health and nutrition. All, there's all sorts of qualities by standing in the sunlight, Right? But there's fire, you know, if you, if you intensify the sunlight, as your kid, you took the magnifying glass and you stuck it on the leaf and then there's fire, right? So there's all sorts of qualities from the, from the light, the sun coming down. And likewise, just like there's all sorts of qualities from the natural sun, as you step into the beams of the, of the Father that are emanating out on us in Christ, there's, there's goodness emanating out on us. I can step out into the sunlight, the sunlight of Jesus. He's emanating down. Even right now, if, you'd, if you'll just step in, the goodness of the Lord is emanating. It's like the, the sunbeams. It's like the radiation waves of heaven that can shine down on your hard heart. You may feel this morning hard-hearted, cold, and apathetic to the things of the Lord. You might be watching online and feel like you're discouraged or afraid or captivated by fear and anxiety. But I, I want to tell you today that the, the emanating rays of heaven are shining down on us today. They can shine down on you today. And the goodness of the Lord can penetrate your heart. The goodness of the Lord can penetrate your hard heart. The goodness of the Lord can penetrate your broken body. The goodness of the Lord can penetrate the, the mind that's been tormented and, and, and is broken. The goodness of the Lord can radiate. It's emanating down. can radiate on you. So it's a characteristic of who God is. And goodness also defines who God is. He has the characteristic or the quality of goodness, but he's also defined by his goodness. It's like saying the character, characteristic is that milk is white. The definition of milk is that it's a white liquid containing proteins, fats, lactose, and vitamins and minerals produced by... Anyway, you get the idea. So the definition adds greater depth and understanding to what the object is. And so when we say that God is defined by goodness, not only is it a characteristic of who He is, but it defines who He is. So where, where there's goodness, there's God. When you say that God is defined by His goodness, wherever you go, His goodness Wherever you find goodness, that's who he is. That's what's happening. Mark 10, 18 says no one is good except God. You know, humanity is, for, for ages has tried to be good. 
Humanity has tried in, in every effort to achieve goodness. The Greek philosophers had a phrase uh, called summon bonum. It was a Latin phrase that, you know, that the philosophers had their own idea of it, but the, there's a Latin phrase called summum, summum bonum, which means the highest good. And the, the philosophers always talked about how humanity, in order to have ethics in life and, and a moral code, there has to, we have to have this goal of highest good. We have to have this a goal that we're all striving for for highest good. Well, I, I've got good news for you that that the highest good is not a goal. The highest good is not something we try to achieve in in the afterlife. That's that was the philosopher's idea. The highest good is a person. The highest good is a person. And if you want to live a good life, you've got to know the good God. That's the only way that that works. If you want the highest good, you've got you've to see the highest good in God. He is the highest good. It's not just a goal. It's a person. Goodness is the definition of who God is. If you think about His plan of redemption before the foundations of the world, the plan of redemption was in place. We see the the very essence of who he is, the de- definition of who he is. God is good at work in his redemptive plan. Out of him flows, out of him flows this goodness, and he's defined by this goodness. He's constrained by his goodness. When he created man and woman, did he know that they were going to sin? Absolutely. This was no shock, no surprise. Before the foundation of the world, there was a plan of redemption. Before he created, there was a constraint of the goodness of God that even in humanity's brokenness and vileness and rebellion towards who he was. He had a plan of redemption that there would come a day, a perfect spotless lamb who would be sacrificed for you and I. And his name was Jesus. He was the word. He was God made flesh. He was God who stepped into creation for you and I. The goodness of God at work in redemption. The goodness of God showed up on planet earth one day. The goodness of God, I don't think you heard me. The goodness of God showed up on planet Earth one day where there was, where there was vile and wickedness, where there was debauchery and brokenness, where there was the work of lies and hurt and rebellion. The goodness of God, not just an idea, not an abstract idea, but the very person of goodness stepped into creation. Oh yeah, the angels, when, when it happened, when it happened, the angels burst forth into song, peace on earth, goodwill towards man. What they were saying, goodness has been born for humanity. Goodness has been born for humanity where it's been broken and bruised by sin, where the skeletons are lurking in your closet and you've been tormented in your mind. Goodness, benevolence, goodwill towards men has been born for you and I. Not just a concept, not just an idea, not a far-off deist God, but a God who loves you, a God who's personified His goodness for you. You might be here this morning and watching online or listening to the podcast or however you're tuning in, and you, you, you might be broken and hurting and might be going through the affliction and the trial and the test. But know this... Goodness has been personified. It's come in the person of Jesus Christ. And if goodness has come, not just, not just sitting in heaven ruling all things, not just an idea that angels worship, not just a person that is seated on a throne, but goodness has come 
for me and for you, then like with the writer of Hebrews, we can say, if he came, he's likewise been tempted and tried in the same ways that we have. We have a high priest who's not unfamiliar with who we are. We have a high priest who's not disconnected from who we are. We have a high priest who, who, who doesn't have an idea of what life as a human is. But we have a high priest who is fully goodness, who's been through everything that you could possibly go through, who's been tempted in every way, who's been tried in every way, who's experienced. Good God, I wish somebody would help me this morning. And he is seated right now in the right hand of God. Goodness personified. Goodness has stepped in and he's experienced. What does that mean for you and I? That means that this heavenly high priest, this heavenly high priest who's seated at the right hand of the Father, who is familiar with our sufferings, who's familiar with our lives, who's familiar with our details of every aspect of our life, is motivated, is moved by, is constrained by acting in a good way towards you. That means when you're facing hardship, He's motivated, constrained by, driven by, defined by, emanating goodness towards you. That means when you're facing a difficult season, His goodness is your refuge. His goodness is your peace. His goodness is upholding you and strengthening you you. Everywhere you go, goodness is following you. You can't out, outrun it. You can't escape it. Even when you want to, He's still there. Even when you try to run. Even when you were in the bar. Even when you were doing stupid things. Even when you were on drugs. Even when you were lost, goodness was still pursuing you. Saying, you're mine. I've called your name. You're mine. I've been pursuing. You can't outrun it. It's goodness. He's familiar. He's familiar with everything that you've gone through. He's familiar with everything that you'll face. He's been there. He, will, he has been in the future. He's been in the past. He's writing the story. That means that this God, this good God, has good plans for your life. I know you don't believe it, but He's got good plans for your life. I'm sure there's somebody here this morning who say, Pastor, I don't know that he's got good things. I've, I feel like I'm getting all the bad things. I feel like I'm facing all the bad things. This morning, you have an option. You can keep living in the rain, or you can run into the refuge. You can keep living in the storm, or you can run into the refuge. Does that mean that the rain stops and the lightning stops? No, they still go. The storm's still brewing. The storm's still rolling. The afflictions still happen. The issues are still going on. But when you are in the refuge of His goodness, you're safe, you're secure, you're drinking and feasting on things. The world looks at you and says, why are you so happy? Why are you so joy-filled in the middle of all that you're going through? Because I'm living in a refuge. You're, you're out in the storm, but I've stepped into the goodness of God. Now, you didn't hear me. People, you say they don't understand when you face the health crisis and the situation in your life. And they don't understand why are you so happy? Why are you at peace? Why do you have so much joy? Because I've stepped in to the refuge of his goodness. Even though the storm's still raging, I have the goodness of God in my life. Though, though life is still going on around me, the goodness of God constrains me. The goodness of God rules my life. The goodness of God is overflowing. So taste and see that the Lord is good. Have a taste today. Have a taste today. Have a taste today of His goodness. Isaiah says, come to me and drink. 
If you're thirsty this morning, if you're hungry this morning, Isaiah tells us not to spend on our money on things that don't satisfy, but come to the river, come to the waters, come to the bread of life and feast on him. Taste of the goodness of the Lord. Taste of his goodness. This, you know, Jesus said it like this. If you if you don't eat of my drink of my blood and eat of my flesh, you have no part of me. We know he was he was talking about his death, his resurrection. He wasn't talking about cannibalism. He was talking about who he was, feasting on him. Feasting on him as the, the lamb that was sacrificed. I want you to just walk this out with me. If he is the goodness of God in person. When you take a bite of his flesh, guess what you're chewing on? Goodness. When, when, you, when you open up this book and you begin feasting on what's in this word, what are you eating? Goodness. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. In, in Deuteronomy it says we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, so when you start feasting on the bread of his word and the bread of who he is, what are you eating? Goodness. Goodness. If, if you don't feel like goodness is flowing out of your life, eat some bread. What you, what you put in comes out. If, if, eat some bread. If you want the nutrients of heaven to affect your life, when you, when you go and you eat that bacon, I love bacon, but when you go and eat bacon, there's... <laughs> but when you, when you eat that bacon, guess what happens? There's some protein in there, but there's a whole lot of cholesterol in there too. And so what happens? That cholesterol finds its way to your arteries as well as other places. Don't shout me down, I'm telling you the truth. This is not a health lesson. I'm not going to start health coaching you, but I, just, just follow with me. When What you put into your body affects how you are able to live. If you don't drink water, you get dehydrated. If you don't eat, you starve. You're malnourished. And so if you want goodness in your life, you got to eat some of the bread of heaven. you got to eat on the goodness of the Lord. Right? you got to put some goodness in. Hallelujah. Taste and see. You can, you can fill your life with the drink and the food of this world. And your life and actions, behaviors, thoughts, everything will flow likewise. But if you're feasting, if you find that you're, you're in torment in your mind, feast on the word. Get the goodness of God in you. When you begin to see his goodness, it's really hard to operate in the world's badness. When you're feasting on the goodness, it's really hard to, to end up in the world's badness. And people say, well, you're just too heavenly minded. Well, I would rather be heavenly minded than depressed. <laughs> I would rather be joyful than discouraged. I'd rather have hope than fear. I'd rather have, be secure in his love than uncertain in what tomorrow holds. Come on, somebody. So eat on his goodness. Now, the interesting thing is that we have a tendency to forget about the goodness of the Lord. We, we, have, we have a tendency to, to get caught off guard by life. We, get, we have a tendency to forget how the Lord showed up in His goodness in our life. We have a tendency to, to go through life and, and we forget about the day of our redemption. We forget about the day that He filled us with the Holy Spirit. We forget about the time that he healed us. We forget about the time that he provided for us. We forget about the day where he showed up in an unprecedented way. We, we have a tendency to forget about his goodness. That's why David said you need to sing about the goodness of the Lord. That's why David repeatedly said sing of his goodness. It becomes part of who we are that we remember the goodness of God. And Joshua 
If you rewind the clock to Joshua chapter 3, they were crossing over the Jordan. They were coming into the promised land. And in in verse 9 of Joshua chapter 3, it says, Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Bugbites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Moses was dead. They were stuck at another body of water. Here we go again. Does this look familiar? Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe. And it shall come to pass that as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off and the waters that come down from upstream, they shall stand as a heap. And so it was that when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priest who bore the Ark dipped, they just barely got their foot into the Jordan. They barely got their foot into it. For the Jordan overflows all of its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, and the city that is beside Zeraton. So the waters that went down into the Sea of Araba, the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho, and the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood firm on dry ground. In the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. The goodness, say the goodness of the Lord. God was bringing them into their promise. There was a promised land that went. Did they deserve it in natural? No. They grumbled and complained. They were horrible. Tell somebody next to you, you can be pretty ugly. Say, Pastor, that doesn't make me feel good. Tough, it's true. We all, have a, we all have a fleshly carnal nature that tends to rise up and we grumble and complain. Well, why do you want to do? Why? 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 And that's what they had done. Did they deserve? Absolutely not. But God in his goodness said, I'm still going to bring you into your promise. You missed your opportunity to shout. <laughs> you, don't, you don't deserve it. You've grumbled and complained along the way. But God says, I'm still good regardless of who you are. I'm still good regardless of how you've responded to my blessing every step along the way. I'm still good. It's the goodness of the Lord that's abounding to you. The Bible says it's His mercies that were not consumed. The goodness of God is on you. And He's trying to still get you into your promise. Even when you don't want to go. Moses is dead. Let's just stay here and hang out and cry and whine. This funeral meal's pretty good. God, let's not, we don't want to go. Come on now, don't shut me down. Let's just hang out. And Joshua said, it's time to go. And God in his goodness still made a way for them to cross. Now they still had to deal with Jericho. They still had to deal with the Philistines. They still had things that they had to deal with. But God brought them into their promised land. The goodness of God. I, I, well, I don't think I know this. If you never, as, as a human, so don't take this as I'm talking about you, and I am talking about you, but I'm talking about you as a human, okay? <laughs> this, is a, this is a human fallen state issue that we will always be the ones who will get lazy and apathetic and forgetful
And we forget the goodness of God. And instead we grumble and complain and ask all the questions and all the things. And God all the while saying, I'm just trying to get you into your promise. I love you. I have made a way for you. I've redeemed you. I've chosen you. I've called you. I've given you a new name. And he's just saying, and maybe, maybe you could understand this a little bit better. If you have children, I'll tell you in the terms of children. You know, children, you know, they don't like to be disciplined. No, right? I don't want to be disciplined. My, you know, Asher hates spankings, but he's really good at getting them. He knows, he knows the secret ways to just connive and get those spankings, you know. But he's really good, too, at turning on the cuteness. Like, Asher is like, Jonathan just, you know, Jonathan's just, you know, he, he could be a handful. Asher, he just turns on the cuteness. He's like, oh, I don't want to spank you, Daddy. Okay. Whatever you want. Whatever you want, son. You know, he just turns into this cute smile and all that. I'm like, I don't know where you get these jeans, child. You are so cute. I know they're not from me. But they, you know, he doesn't like, you know, he doesn't like the spankings. And, but, but he's still, I, I want everything in me wants Asher to be blessed. I want him to be safe. You know, I, he's, he's notorious for finding everything that can cause an injury. He's great at it. But I want him to be safe. I want, him, I want him to make sure that he does well in life, right? As a parent, I want him to be blessed in everything he does. I want him to be the smartest, cutest, best, all the things, right? Because I'm his dad. But I also understand when he steps into the complaining and all the things that that there's consequences. And consequences, I have to be a steward of the gift that God's given to me. And I, I'm helping somebody with their parenting this morning. You've, you've got to be a steward of the gifts that God's given to you. If you're a parent, you cannot back down from beating your child. No, I don't mean beating your child. <laughs> Y'all know I'm joking. you got to whoop that child, though. There's times you got to bring... I started to say, bring the rod out, and somebody's going to think, you are really abusive. <laughs> you gotta, you, that's a Bible term, you know, shepherd. you got to bring out the rod for discipline. <laughs> Goodness. you got to steward the gift that God's given to you, right? We can't forget the goodness of the Lord. Part of His goodness that abounds to us is in the middle of, of the consequences of our stupidity. He, now, you have to understand, people say, well, what about consequences? Because I thought Jesus went to the cross. He did. He dealt with your punishment. There are still consequences. Did you hear that? There, he dealt with your punishment for sin. The punishment for sin was death. He dealt with your punishment, but you still have consequences and we have consequences in this life, not just from our sin, but the consequences of other people's sin. Have you ever been affected by and had consequences from other people's sin? <laughs> Some might be dealing, yeah, right now, Pastor, I can tell you all about it. But the goodness of God sustains us in the middle of that. When I, when I have to deal with the consequences of Asher's disobedience... I still, I still love him. It doesn't change that I want the best for him. I've got a blessing for him. I still love him. It doesn't change any of that. I still have to be a steward of who he is. I still have to discipline. There's consequences, right? So the goodness of the Lord, even in the middle of your complaining, your issues, there's still consequences, but the goodness of the Lord still, still sustains you in the middle of that. Your shoes don't wear out. Your clothes don't wear out. You have a rock that follows you in the wilderness, providing water everywhere you go. 
You have manna from heaven. You have the cloud. You have the fire. You have his protection. You have his favor. The, the goodness of the Lord. But how quick we are to forget those things. So in Joshua, we keep reading. So God brings them over in, in Joshua chapter 4. It says, And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, tribe and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You will carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve, the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Why do we go to church, Mom? Why do we go to church, Dad? Why do we worship God? Why do we pray? Why do we do water baptism? Why do we receive communion? When, they, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off from before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. And the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. We need a reminder of the goodness of God. You got to create memorials in your life about his goodness. That when, when you see the goodness of the Lord, whether you write it down, where you, where you talk about it, you create a memorial about his goodness in your family. You create a memorial about the goodness of his healing power. You create a memorial about your redemption story. You create a memorial about who God is and his goodness in your life. That way, when you find yourself back at the river, when you find yourself back at the, at the issues that you were facing, you can say, see those stones over there? The Lord met me before. The Lord showed up before in an unprecedented way. He, he did it. He's done it before. I know he'll do it again. I know the goodness of the Lord will lead me through the problem and the issue that I'm facing again. If you fast forward into the New Testament, we have a, we have a memorial in the New Testament. We have a memorial called water baptism. We have a memorial called water baptism that, that is, it's a supernatural act. It's not just, it's not just an idea or a concept or something that we do. It's a memorial that this, this day I've buried my old self and the resurrection life of Christ has flowed into my life. The goodness of God has captured me. He's changed me. He's made me into a new creation. We have a memorial called communion that we receive together. We do that here every, every month. You could do it on your own every day. But communion, is a, it's a memorial. Remember, Jesus said, when you take this, remember me. Remember the goodness of God. Remember feasting on the goodness of God. Remember him. Remember that he's goodness in flesh. And when you eat that bread, you're eating of the goodness of God. It reminds you of his goodness. And when you drink that juice, it reminds you of the goodness of God that was poured out on Calvary. So remind yourself, create memorials for his goodness. So taste and see. That the Lord is good. Taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Taste and see. We're gonna we're gonna practice that together. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna come to the table of the Lord today. Taste and see that the Lord is good. His mercy. His mercy, His goodness, His loving kindness endure forever. I want you to look to the person to your right and your left. Just find somebody there nearby you. And just take a look at the goodness of God in their life.
Just take a look at the goodness of God. How good He is. Take a look. Just take a look. Tell Him. Say, I see the goodness of God in you. Come on, tell Him. Say, I see the goodness of God in you. Come on, tell somebody else. I see the goodness of God in you. Now that's, that's just, if you're online, you should post it in the comments. I see the goodness of God. I can't see who's online, but I see goodness. I see the goodness. Now listen, that's just a drop. When you turn to that person to your right or your left, it's just a drop of his goodness. It's like it's, it's the raindrop to the ocean. It's just, just a drop. But when you turn your eyes heavenward, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to turn our eyes heavenward today. There's an ocean of goodness waiting for you. It's not, not just a drop. Not just a drop, but an ocean full of goodness waiting for you today. You can be absolutely overtaken by the goodness of God today. You can be absolutely overtaken by the goodness of the Lord today. Jesus, we turn our eyes to you today. And we say thank you for your goodness. We praise you for your goodness. We thank you that your goodness is abundant. You're pouring out drop after drop, wave after wave, ocean wave after ocean wave of goodness. Help us, Lord, in this moment, Lord, even as we respond right now. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to step in to the waves of your goodness. We see, Lord, help us to see today that goodness is not just a definition, it's not just a characteristic, but it's also an experience. Lord, help us to see today that goodness is not just a definition and a characteristic, but it's an experience. That we can experience your goodness. David calls us still today to come to your table and feast. Come and taste. Come and enjoy. Come in and experience goodness. So this morning, we're going to just open the altar. We're going to take time to lay hands on and pray for people that you just step into the goodness of the Lord, that you taste for yourself. Taste for yourself the goodness of the Lord. Come on, the altar is open. Come on. Come on. You don't need a formal invitation. Come on. Just come. Come on. I... This, this is for everyone this morning. Come on. I want a taste of His goodness. Come on, every person in this room ought to be at this altar this morning. Say, Lord, I need more of Your goodness abounding in my life. I need more, I need more, I need more. I need more of Your goodness. I don't know if I made that clear or not, but every person... I think this microphone's working. I think every person ought to be at this altar saying, Lord, I need more of your goodness. I need more of your goodness. If you can't stand, just sit. It's pretty simple. If you can't stand, just sit. I need more of your goodness. I need more of your goodness. I need more. I need more. I need more of your goodness. Oh Lord, I need your goodness. Oh Lord, I need your goodness. Oh Lord, I need your goodness. So I'm going to push because that's my job as your pastor. And if you don't like it, find another church. My job is to push you. My job is to challenge you. Do you have enough of his goodness?
If you're at your seat, do you have enough of his goodness? Are you capped out? Are you maxed out on the goodness of God? Just keep smiling at me. Because I can't get enough. <laughs> can't get enough. Can't get enough. You're good. Just sing that, Pastor Grace. So I want to invite you to just get out of your seat. This is the last I'm going to say it, and I'm going to move on. But my job is to challenge you. If you are at your seat, nothing else, just come sit on the front row and just dip. You don't have to eat the whole meal. Just dip your toe in the River Jordan. Just dip your toe in. Just taste. Take a bite. Take a spoonful. Some people up here are going to eat the whole steak. Some people up here are like diving in. I'm ready, Pastor. Give me the whole thing. I'm ready. And then others of you just going to taste and see and dip your toe in. That's fine. 